Got a got a tasty Moscow mule there. Or a, a little Moscow mule action going on. A Michigan version of the Moscow yes. mule. But you know what I love more than Moscow or Michigan? What? Australia. Good die, mate. <laughs> Razor blades. <laughs> we apologize to anyone listening who is Australian or um, is offended by our insensitive cultural appropriations of Australia. Yes. But what I want to talk about is how much I love Australia, specifically Australian television. It is its own subset of television. It's amazing. So the first show I watched, like actively watched, that I know of that's Australian is Instant Hotel. Yes, you um, have, you raved about this to me about, was it this year or was it last year? It's so hard to keep track of time. It was like the beginning of this year. Because I watched a few episodes with you mm-hmm. one of the times when I was home. You and mom were uh, really into it. Yeah. It's, it's for those people who haven't watched it, it's a Netflix show. Um, it's basically like an Airbnb competition show. But what I love about Australian TV shows is just the humor. It's, I don't understand a lot of it because they say like phrases, you know, we have phrases like in, um, like if we said, um, people from other countries might not understand them. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to sneak past you there. Yeah, like Midwest. So I was on YouTube the other day, and I got recommended a video. And I don't know how I got this recommendation, but it was for the show called Bondi Rescue. Okay. It's a lifeguard reality TV show. Oh my god. (laughs) So it's like Baywatch, but Australian. It's amazing. So it follows this group of lifeguards who work on Bondi Beach, which is one of the biggest, like, beaches in the world. Is it in, like, Sydney or... It's it's in Bondi. Oh, in the ci- it's a city. <laughs> There's a place called Bond. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was just a beach in some city. Like, yeah. the beach was its own I'm thing. I'm not sure but, where okay. it's near, but, like, okay. to give you reference. But anyways. So it basically just follows, like, them, like, doing rescues. They do a lot of, like, medical treatment stuff. Um, but they also have, like, sometimes they have to assist police when there's, like, thieves. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> so God. So good. The humor's amazing. Do they have to chase people down? Yeah, sometimes they do, because, I don't know, the thing I like about it is, I love Australian accents. Yes, they're great. Like, they're so great. And it's like, I don't understand any of the humor, but I laugh, because I know I should be laughing. (laughs) My god. Anyways, I got recommended the video. I was at work on a weekend, it was really slow. I watched it for eight hours straight. Oh my god. (laughs) That's eight hours i found full episodes on youtube and i just watched it all day at work it was amazing but it's like the sims where i'll play it for three days straight and then we'll play it for a year yes that's what that show's like yeah i've definitely done that i had a um a streak where for just a day i was watching on youtube um clips from impractical jokesters jokers (laughs) i i say that We've talked about this. Jokesters. We've talked about this off camera, but for some reason I can't call it impractical jokers. It's impractical jokesters. Of course. But anyways, I I was just we had I talked about it at work. Um, we talked about something related to that, and then I went home and I just watched YouTube videos of of their pranks for about six hours straight. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, I got my fill. You got your fill, and then you don't watch it ever again. Or yeah. You wait like months before you watch it again. Right. But yeah, I think that's one of the things about youtube is i'm very like i can get addicted very easily yes but yeah so that's addiction (laughs) where is this going don't get addicted 
to drugs, kids. Say no to drugs. Hugs, not drugs. This is Research Rank Repeat. I am your not laughing host, Alyssa. And this is co-host Hannah, who cannot stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are back with Lindsay Lohan. Our first episode, we covered about half of her movies, and we are now back to cover the rest. Join us, won't you? (laughs) Sorry, Go ahead. This is our first time trying to record over the internet, so this has been quite the um, the struggle. Where but yeah, we're, we're gonna finish up discussion. <laughs> so sorry, um, you, 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 we stopped for a second. And I thought I could cut in there. Okay, go ahead. No, just just go. I'll I just I'll shut up. Okay, so like Alyssa said, we're gonna finish up our discussion of the movies, and then we're gonna do our rankings, and um, that's about it. Let's get to it. Um, so next film would be... <laughs> Hello, it was a Ducati. <laughs> um, I mean, so let's do Confessions of a Teenage, teenage Drama Confessions Queen. Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. I think in, in the time frame, that makes more sense yeah. before Mean Girls. It seems like it was before Mean Girls. Right, Even me... though, so this was 2004. Okay. Um, so this one had box office of 33 million worldwide, and it was number two at the box office behind uh, 50 First Dates. Nice. So, yeah, it was released in 2004. It was rated PG. I do not have a runtime. It was an hour, 29 minutes. Okay. Uh, it had a 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb and a 14% Rotten Tomatoes. 14%? Yeah, that's rough. 14%. I just have a, a quote when I was looking up Lindsay Lohan facts. Um, Brandon Gray of Box Office Mojo was quoted as saying that the movie was well above expectations for um, box office earnings as it was strictly for young girls. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. That they were like, oh, it did better than expected because right. this movie was only for young girls. Only young girls will like this movie. Yeah, so um, a little bit of background. The role was originally offered to Hilary Duff. Uh, she backed out. And this is Megan Fox's film debut. I thought so. Yeah. Do you want me to give my summary of the Yeah, movie? just do your summary first. So okay. Forget. So, <clears throat> Lola is a teenager from New York who has to leave the big city for New Jersey. New school, new you. Her obsession with Stu Wolf leads Lola to tell one or many white lies as she tries to stand out in this coming-of-age teen story. Yeah, I mean, she's a pathological liar. She lies a lot. Yeah. Um, Also, this is the first time I ever noticed this. I witnessed what was maybe the worst CGI of all time (laughs) when Lindsay Lohan does a backflip off a tree. (laughs) It was the worst CGI I've seen since the... um, Hold on. (laughs) It was the worst CGI I've seen since the airport scene from Princess Diaries 2, (laughs) where it's essentially a simulation. I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert. That's my favorite Lohan scene. Because it's, it's a minute into the movie, she just does a backflip off of a tree. So this movie uses a lot of, like, weird comedic comic-style mm-hmm. special effects that 
somehow both work and don't work at the same time. Yeah. So the movie, to me, it's, I don't know, it's a weird movie. Like, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the best movie. I think there's a lot of nostalgia in it. Certainly. But I think that it's, it's weird how those scenes where she's like, basically it's like she's living another life in her head. Mm -hmm. Those scenes to me, like, they somehow work for me. So the scene, she's telling um, her friend uh, Ella, who she's Mm -hmm. met at this new school, she's telling her about how her father died. Spoiler alert, her father's not dead. But she's giving this elaborate story about how her parents met and how her father died. And in this weird, cartoony, like, artistic, drawn Mm -hmm. style. And it somehow works. Like, I actually, like, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's... What's the song? That girl's a teenage Uh-oh. drama queen. Oh, if they're talking about when Megan... Fo- literally every single time Megan Fox is on screen, they yeah. play, uh-uh. And I also I'm think like, it's interesting. God. I think that there's always that person who gets cast as, like, mean girl at high school. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that that's Megan Fox's first role. Yeah. Because I felt like she... Her career's kind of built off of And that. she's also another actress who got a treatment similar well, she to was, Lindsay Lohan. She was very much, like, sexualized. Yes. That and, was her thing. Like, Transformers, specifically. And I don't think she started as young as Lindsay Lohan. This was her yeah. film debut. She's probably, right. like, 15, Teen- yeah, 16. Yeah, probably some teenager. But yeah. I remember, like, when she was in Transformers, yeah. like, she was very much Highly sexualized. Highly sexualized, yeah. Which in that's, every role. I mean, I think that also messes up your psyche. Yeah. There were parts of this movie that I really liked. Yeah. There were parts that I thought were really cheesy. One thing I wanted to mention is that I think this is maybe one of the most boring love interests in a movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It is, the best way I can describe him is he is a discount Jess from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. He has such little importance in the movie and such little screen time that I kind of forgot he was the love interest until the very end with the shared kiss at the very end of the movie. And I'm like, oh wait, he was in this movie? That's right. For some reason I remembered, I thought he ended up with Ella. (laughs) <laughs> like, I was, like, that's what I thought. Yeah. I, I'm glad that she didn't end up with Stu because I feel like there's an age gap there. Yes. Which would have been problematic. So I was glad yeah. that she ended up with the Sam. I think right. Sam. Sam, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I think it reminds me very much of, like, a a Disney Channel yeah. movie. Yeah, because prior I wouldn't have noticed this, but they invoke a lot of, like, classic, timeless, like, media. The very beginning, it's, like, very Breakfast at Tiffany's, mm-hmm. and then you get... Marilyn Monroe and you know it's like invoking these like um iconic women in in movies um I'm ready for favorites are you okay yeah I'm ready too so my favorite character is Ella I agree (laughs) Ella she's the best to me she's the most level-headed and she's the one who's like after the party she's like it doesn't matter if if they think we were there or not like we know we were there um and I think I I relate to Ella (laughs) I, I liked her as well because she there's a scene later on where she's um Lola like is not She's, like, pretending to be sick so she doesn't have to go to the thing. And she's, like, you gave me the courage to, like, be more than I am kind of deal. Yeah, and she basically says this isn't just about you. Like, Sam's going to his first Broadway show and, you know, your mom and dad and all this. So I definitely think she's my favorite. Um, I think my favorite scene is actually the story about the dad's fake death. I thought about that one. So for some reason, I don't know why, but I always really liked the musical scene. Mm Mm-hmm. I just always really liked, like, the the little segments of musical we got. Yeah, so I mean, was... that's... My favorite Lohan moment was, like, okay. the the whole musical part of yeah. that ending with the, um, that girl was a teenage yeah. drama queen, because that song is, like, ingrained in my brain. That girl uh, was a top, top, teenage yeah. drama queen. 
nothing else. <laughs> that, that girl was me. <laughs> um, but I think the reason I always like the fake death scene is because he gets crushed by a pie truck. Yes. And it reminds me of the 40-year-old virgin scene where oh he, God. like, is so, riding his bike and flips Han into Hannah and I, in, we must have been in high school, right? Mm-hmm. There was one summer where we'd stay up till, like, 3 in the morning every night, and we were just happened to watch the 40-year-old virgin. And if you haven't seen the movie, there's a part where he's trying to chase down the woman he's interested in on his bike, and he ends up crashing into this truck. I don't know if it was because it was 3 in the morning, but Han and I were dying laughing it was like the funniest thing we had seen in a long time we were crying and that is yes the pie truck certainly reminds yeah. me of that scene yeah so that's my favorite scene i picked the black the black <laughs> i picked the backflip that she does at the very yeah. beginning of the movie because i feel like it sets the tone immediately that was your favorite little hand moment yes right? that's okay. my favorite little hand moment um so for my favorite line <laughs> i said it was ella she goes if we go, I just know something's going to go wrong and I'm going to die and my parents are going to find out. And I said, that is me. <laughs> that was my second line. The one that I like the most is, so it's right after Stu like leaves the party and they're following him down the alley and he basically like falls into the trash. And um, Lola's like, except for the, the garbage and the cars, it's like falling Heathcliff out of the moors. Right. Which, uh, Heathcliff is from Wuthering Heights. Right. If you're not aware. But I just like love the delivery in that line. They're like, it's exactly like yes. this. Yeah. Okay, so we go to another 2004 film, which is Mean Girls. Oh, Mean <clears throat> Girls. What what a movie. Okay, so this is based in part of a nonfiction self-help book mm-hmm. called Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman, which okay. was a 2002 um, book. Okay. Grossed $130 million worldwide. I don't have any of the... I didn't write down the runtime or rating. I think it's it's PG-13. I would imagine. Yeah. I don't have a runtime. I'm sorry, I forgot. This is Amanda Seyfried's film debut. Mm -hmm. And actually, for certain roles throughout this movie, Blake Lively, Evan Rachel Wood, Ashley Tisdale, and James Franco were all considered. Uh, It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 84%, a Metacritic of 66 out of 100, and a Cinema score of A-. Mm-hmm. And in 2012, Rotten Tomatoes included the film in its top 50 greatest teen comedies list. It certainly has become a cult classic. Yeah. And um, as I said earlier, this was the first film Lindsay Lohan did that was independent from Disney. Right. Let me do a description. Okay. So Katie's life is about to be changed as she moves from Africa to the Midwest. Can she survive the clicks and gossips of high school students? This movie, even looking at it through a lens of in the 2020s is so smartly written yeah tina i mean so Fey did such a good job yeah so tina fey wrote it it also has a lot of the snl cast because you lot. get um obviously tina fey you get amy poehler you Tim get Meadows. and then you get anna guy Aster or anna uh, uh, i can't remember how to pronounce her last name but who plays the mom yes who plays caddy's mom like you said the writing's so smart it, it's still funny and 16 17 years after it was made they have a way of portraying certain groups of people certain Mm -hmm. stereotypes in a way that's not offensive right and i really appreciate that so here's one thing i want to bring up this is not something i like realized until this most recent viewing i don't know if i just like never really thought about it but so you know one of the plots is that um janice isn't friends with with uh regina because she's uh, a lesbian right kevin g who is um 
starts dancing with Janice, like, asks her her nationality, and she says, I'm Lebanese. Mm -hmm. And I never made the connection that Regina heard Lebanese wrong and assumed that she was a lesbian. And, like, that is so funny and Mm -hmm. so smart, and I just never made that connection. Like, Regina just didn't hear her right and thought she said she was a lesbian. So then that was, like, the rumor thing, and that's why they weren't friends is because she thought she was a lesbian. Yeah, that's crazy. also read that um, Lindsay Lohan originally was trying to audition for uh, For Regina Regina George, Mm -hmm. but she was concerned that that character would not help her with how her image in the spotlight was. And they ended up going with uh, Rachel McAdams for Regina George because they thought she was so opposite of the yes. character that they thought mm-hmm. it would be, like, cool to see. Um, hence why Lindsay Lohan ended up being uh, Katie. Katie, yeah. I literally only wrote one note. I have very little written. And the one note I wrote was that the Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne poster in Regina George's house <laughs> is classic. Yes. Um, I think the reason I wrote one note is because I've just seen this movie so many I, times. Yeah. And it's just... I, I don't know how to even describe it, but this movie was huge. You know, there's an entire generation that grew up on this movie. I, last year I was in a wedding that was on October the 3rd. Yeah. So our, our like, bachelorette party theme was Mean Girls themed because October the 3rd is Mean Girls Day. And then you have um, Ariana Grande released a music video for Thank You Next and had the um, scene from the talent show. Yes. Like, it's very much embedded in pop culture mm-hmm. anyone who grew up in the uh 2000s 2010s like this is a movie that kind of defines your generation and it is so quotable yeah i honestly just had to pick a line because there are so many lines i could have picked i mean there's probably 20 30 lines you could pick there's a bunch of scenes too and i think the reason it works so well is because you know tina fey she you know, was brought up on SNL. Right. They used a lot of the cast from SNL, and I think they did it in a way that was able to incorporate the rest of the cast, but it almost feels like you're watching skits from SNL at at times. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the group of characters works really well together. I think the cast works well. I think the cast... And it also has... It has so many... uh, So many people from that cast went on to become huge actors. I mean, I mentioned that it was Amanda Seyfried's first film. She ended Mm -hmm. up becoming... You know, she was in a lot. I mean... Rachel McAdams. And um, I don't know if you watched... There was a a reunion special for the girls. And I mentioned... um, One of the things they talked about is the actor who plays Damien mentioned that... That was the first time he felt like a a person was written as gay mm-hmm. and not offensive or a stereotype. Like, it was just a character who existed. Because he has since come out as gay, but mm-hmm. at the time he was like, that was a role that, like, I wish I would have had when I was a high schooler to, like, feel, you know, accepted and, you know, okay with, like, right. who I was kind of deal. I think a lot think of 2000s important. TV and movies wrote gay characters as, like, stereotypical yes. gay characters. Yeah. And, um, I mean, since Mean Girls came out, they made a Mean Girls 2, which, you know, it, it obviously is yes. not a good movie. It didn't have there's, any of the cast. There's also a musical. There's also, I learned, they're turning the musical into a movie. Right. Which I'm interested to see how that works. Yeah, and I mean, I know yeah. the cast has talked a lot about wanting to do a, a uh, some sort of sequel, reunion. reboot right. with the actual cast. And, and Otina right. Faye is basically, they're waiting on her because yeah. they obviously want her to be involved. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's very cool. It's quotable. an iconic movie. No, for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, if you asked anyone in our, at least our age range, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit younger or older, like, what is one of those movies that defined your generation? It would probably be, one of those would be Mean Girls. Yeah, honestly. There are, 
Hannah and I and our family, we do a lot of quoting of movies and television and just, you know, media in general. That is a movie that I could do certain scenes word for word. Yeah. Just there are so many lines. It's one of those movies, too, that you could watch it again and again and never get sold. Yeah, exactly. Um, But going into favorites, I think favorite line, it's really hard to pick, but I ended up going with, um, it's the principal. He goes, I have a nephew named Amphony. And I know how mad he gets when I call him Anthony. Almost as mad as I get when I think about the fact that my sister named him Anthony. So I also picked a line from the principal. And it's when, um, after like the burn book has really been released. And he says, I will keep you here all night. And then the lady, though, I think she's a secretary or his assistant. She says, you can't keep him past four. And he's like, I will keep you here till four. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, I had a Kansu Spring Fling. But I already paid, but I can't do that because I already paid the DJ. The G day. The G day, yes. So my favorite character, I think I would go with Miss Norberry, Tina Fey. Yes. I just think like her character, like I love the part when they're in the store and she goes, oh, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> it's like this old guy. I'm a pusher, Katie. Right. So I actually picked Katie because um, I think Lindsay Lohan does such a good job of portraying this girl who is so outside of like pop culture and um you know is just trying to adjust to like this new world that she's not familiar with her development from like becoming this you know starting as this like kid from africa who then becomes like a mean girl and then finds a way to like balance that Mm -hmm. and i just really like her portrayal of the character yeah i agree uh, my favorite Lindsay Lohan moment is going to be the uh, Mathletes competition. I also put the Mathletes competition. The limit does not exist The limit scene. does not exist. Exactly. And the favorite line... No, scene. sorry. Scene. I just put the entire talent show. I did too. Christmas okay. concert. I put the in, the entirety of the Christmas I mean, because you've got the Don't Look at Me. Don't look at me. I'm Beautiful. Yeah. Um, you have the Kevin G Kevin rap. Kevin G rap. You have the... Um, Jingle Bell Rock. And you have where they slap their thighs. Yes. And you get good old Midwest dad, a.k.a. guy from Scrubs yes. in the middle. Yep. Um, just being, like, horrified. And then you have Amy Poehler coming out and videotaping in the scenes. Yeah. Just that whole scene is done so well. It's... The entirety of that concert is yeah. amazing. It's so good. I love it. Yeah. So that's Mean Girls. Mean Girls. What a great movie. So the next film is going to be Prairie, A Prairie Home Companion. This movie came out in 2006. Mm -hmm. It has a rating of PG-13 and a runtime of hour and 35 minutes. Yeah, uh, grossed $26 worldwide in the box office. It had a 82% in Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. And it's a um, film based off the public radio show called a prairie home companion based in minnesota so it's a fictional represent rep, <laughs> fictional representation of that show so when we were looking up Lindsay lohan movies to do we saw this movie and saw the cast and i have never heard of this movie before mm-hmm. neither have i we have um the cast includes Lindsay lohan meryl streep woody harrelson john c Riley, lily tomlin Kevin Klein, Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones. It's just such a packed cast that mm-hmm. I I was honestly confused as to why I had never heard of this movie before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, it's you very think, weird. You think with that cast, you would have? Do you have a description? Was I supposed to do a description <laughs> for this movie? <laughs> Wait, I was. Wait, yeah, because I did Mean Girls. I don't have it starred because I did Just My Luck. I, we can, I didn't. We can I, make I thought I had starred everything. I can come up with that on the spot. I 
can come up with one on the spot. I didn't have it starred. I'm sorry. All right. Okay, I'll come up with one on the spot. <clears throat> okay, so this is going to be a description of Prayer Home Companion on the spot because we messed up the uh, ranking list of who was supposed to do what. <clears throat> Based on a radio show in a theater in St. Paul, Minnesota, an old folk-timey radio show is facing cancellation. A rich axeman, played by Tommy Lee Jones, is brought in to tear down a theater, and you follow the main talent as they deal with this loss of their livelihood. Congrats. That was good. Okay. I came up with that completely on the spot. I'm sorry. Honestly, I didn't realize I was supposed to do a description for it. I'm it's sorry. Fine. This movie, to me, I was not expecting what it was. I was not expecting a movie to take place entirely. It takes a place entirely in the theater, pretty much. In the, its one night. In its one night. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you mentioned it's like Birdman. It is, like, we, we watched this movie together mm-hmm. yesterday before we recorded this. And it feels very much like the format of Birdman, where it's a very, like, feels like a one-take kind of deal, where it's, they, I actually was looking at some of the background of this movie, they recorded all the music live. They didn't do any studio recording, like, everything they did was in, in the theater, was Hmm. performed live. I don't, um, have the name of the director written down. I should have done that, I didn't. He actually, this was his last movie he directed. Yeah, I did And they that. had to have um, Paul Thomas Anderson, who is uh, Maya Rudolph's... Uh, we didn't mention Maya Rudolph is in this movie as well. Her husband, Paul Thomas Anderson, who's also a director, they had to have him be on set because the insurance wouldn't cover this director because he was directing in a wheelchair. They had to have another director on set or the insurance wouldn't cover the filming. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely an interesting movie. Um, one thing I noticed is that Meryl Streep was very much going for the Midwestern mid minnesota like canadian accent with like the, the uh the a's and the uh yeah oh yeah minnesota <laughs> she was very much going for it i read that she um practiced with her mother-in-law and okay. that's how she i think her mother-in-law had a thicker midwestern accent so she was practicing with her mother-in-law i was reading yeah it's a very um conversation character based movie yes i said it was very um like character study character focused yeah it there's a lot of emphasis on music and like the radio show aspect yeah i mean it's interesting turn like i remember when the lady in the white coat first appeared we were like oh maybe she's someone from the company who's shutting them down and then i was like oh maybe she's an angel and then all of a sudden it's like yeah you said maybe she's a ghost but then it was like oh she's she is a ghost you find out she shows up basically when people are dying to like take them to their final destination. Yeah, so this woman in a, a white trench coat is just, she was someone who listened to the show mm-hmm. and died while driving. She yeah. was listening to a joke and basically just drove off the road and died. And now she's come back to she's come back as a persona to to lead people to the afterlife. Right. Is the interpretation I got out of it. So I was really conflicted because at times this movie actually made me laugh quite a bit. It was at times, very entertaining, but also at times, I think because we watched it late at night and I was already tired, I, like, there was a point where I asked you how much was left of the movie. I mean, it was, at times it almost felt a little bit, like, not necessarily Dull. boring, but it Dull. dragged. Yeah. Because essentially you're watching a whole talent show. Right. Like, when they do, 
their songs, for the most part, they're not cutting them. No. You know, some movies, they'll start a song, then they'll cut right. away. And also, like I said, they recorded everything live. Right. Like, everything that was done was done in the theater. They didn't do have a studio version of the songs. But I, I mean, I'm always, I always like movies that don't need a lot of action, don't need right. a lot to happen to have a movie. And I think the fact that they're able to make a movie based off one night, one location, just focusing on characters, I applaud them for that. It's certainly, it, it's, I still find it really weird that I've just, I've never heard of this movie. I've right. never seen it brought up online or in any sort of discussion about any of these actors, like, movie repertoires. Like, I've never heard it brought up before. I mean, it got a pretty good Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It got 82%, and it's based off a real radio show. Um, and um, the guy, um, I didn't write down his name, but the guy who plays the main um, man who gives, mm-hmm. like, the, the radio, he sings and also does a lot of the commercials and talks. Is he, The guy in the movie was the person who hosted the radio show in real life, and they had some of the characters portrayed by people who were in the radio show yeah i actually i i kind of felt like that was what it was mm-hmm. i didn't know for sure but it, it that's what it seemed like um there was a lot of like interesting concepts too because you have an older man who dies mm-hmm. during the show and they have this like moral debate of if they should say something while the show is going because they know it's like their last show or if like they should just not say anything and, I mean, you end the movie with the lady who's, like, essentially an angel coming into a restaurant and there's four characters at a table mm-hmm. and you get the sense that she's coming because one of them's going to die. Right. And my gut was that it's probably Meryl Streep because it seemed almost like she had some sort of dementia or, or Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. yeah. And Lindsay Lohan's character comes in. Um, you know what's interesting is we haven't even mentioned Lindsay Lohan. Right. Which, this is one of those movies where she wasn't a main character. Yeah, we... I specifically said we should pick this movie because she wasn't, like, the lead. Mm -hmm. She was just a supporting character. And she really only has, like, one song and then, like, little bits here and there. Yeah, so it's interesting because all the movies we've done before, she's pretty much the main or she's, like, the... Yeah. uh, One of the main characters. And class act Meryl Streep is it it, that she is. She actually... um, said a lot of really good things about Lindsay Lohan because mm-hmm. um, this was right around the time when there was a lot of you know the public letter about her being unprofessional on set and stuff but Meryl Streep said that Lindsay Lohan was quote in command of the art form. It's interesting because you get a lot of her act um, supporting cast or actors actresses mm-hmm. she works with defending her. I know for um, Labor Pains which we're mm-hmm. going to talk about later Cheryl Hines mm-hmm. one of her co-stars said the same thing she said you right. know she showed up every day she was ready she knew right. what the job was and she's one of those people who like doesn't need a lot of extra takes right so yeah. it's interesting you get to see like from the people she works with which those are the people you probably trust because right. they're on set with her every day yeah and then you get the other side where it's like the, the people who are and, yeah right mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean this movie was definitely like this is the first time we've both seen it. I've, yeah, I've never seen this movie before. And we just watched it last night. So it's one of those movies where I would maybe need to watch it again just to kind of get a, yeah. an opinion. Yeah, I think um, of any movie on this ranking list, this is the most subject to change mm-hmm. with a second viewing because I it certainly was very interesting. Yeah. Certainly, like, it was not what I was expecting. Mm-mm. And... Um, and I feel like I, it could certainly change my opinion either way, both for the good or the bad with the second viewing. Yeah. 
favorite character I went with, um, I don't remember what her name was, but it was Maya Rudolph's character. Okay. She was like a production yeah. stagehand kind of um, Just because I character. felt like she was the only one on that set who was like... Getting stuff done. <laughs> she wanted yeah. people to pay attention. Mm-hmm. She was trying to... And there's her facial expressions throughout mm-hmm. the movie were great. Um, so yeah, I went with her. So I picked Meryl Streep's character. Mm-hmm. I just like Meryl Streep. Yeah. I just, in no general sense, I just like Meryl Streep. That's yeah. the only reason I picked her. Uh, favorite scene was, so it's um, Lefty and Dusty, <laughs> who are played by um, John C. Riley and Willie, Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson uh, when they're on stage and they're just back and forth, like, doing jokes, basically out of spite at that yes, point. Yes, that was my favorite scene as well. And specifically, also, there's a producer behind the scenes who you keep seeing him being like, all right, yep, let's just, let's just ruin yeah. the show. Yeah, and, like, his commentary was so funny. Um, favorite line, I was, we were personally attacked. We felt personally <laughs> attacked by this line. So we the, both have the same line, I'm assuming. The guy goes, they were mid, they were Midwesterners. They felt like if you ignored bad news, it would just go away. Yeah. I was like, true. And I was like, we both heard that and I turned to you and I said, I feel personally attacked mm-hmm. because that is certainly true in my life. <laughs> oh, what was your favorite Lohan moment? So my favorite Lohan moment was when she was talking about, um, I think it was to, um, Dusty, mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson character, and he's just, she's just talking about her songs, and she's like, well, they're all about suicide. Yeah. She's just, like, detailing all of her, like, poems and songs, and they're just all about suicide, and I just thought that was, like, really interesting. Yeah, I went with this scene, it was where um, uh, Meryl Streep and Lily Tomlinson, they were going back and forth about, like, how their sister got arrested for, like, a glazed donut. The, stealing a glazed donut, yeah. And just Lindsay Lohan's, like, facial expressions throughout. Mm-hmm. Because, she, honestly, we didn't have that many scenes to pick from. Mm-hmm. She wasn't really in a lot of main scenes. So it was hard to pick for this one. But, I mean, this movie, like, I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't really know what to expect. But I also yeah. was, like, kind of pleasantly surprised, I guess. It certainly was in an ensemble cast. Right. Like, there wasn't really any particular lead. No, there wasn't a main, which sometimes I yeah. like. Which, I, yeah, like, it, I think it worked in this movie. I I feel like I need a, a, t- a time to process and watch it again at some point because I feel like I could certainly have a different opinion. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so then we go to another film from 2006, uh, Just My Luck. Okay, so it's 2006. It grossed $38 million worldwide. I don't have the okay. details. I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't missed. have a runtime, but it was PG-13. Yes. And interesting, it was written by Marlene King. Really? From, who writes Pretty Little, Pretty Little Liars. Liars. And yeah. Amy B. Harris, who was a Sex in the City producer. Really? Which, when you watch the film knowing it was the producer from Sex in the City, you actually pick up on a lot of... There's a Sarah Jessica Parker reference. Yes. There's like... Um, New York. It takes place in New York City. In the fashion. In the fashion, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. And for this movie, um, Lindsay Lohan actually got a Razzie Award for Worst Actress. Mm. Yeah. Um, it had a 14% Rotten Tomatoes, a cinema score B, which I don't think the Rotten Tomatoes yeah. score is fair. 14%. And it features uh, the British pop band McFly. McFly, yes. They're an actual band. Yes. So I want to start off by saying that I can objectively recognize that Just My Luck is not a good movie, but it has so much nostalgia this is a movie, when we were children, we used to get DVDs in our stockings for Christmas. And this was in my stocking one year, maybe middle school. It came out in 2006. Yeah. So I was probably in middle school when we got this. Certain aspects of this movie I just love. 
and, and certainly as an adult, I can I can approach this movie knowing that objectively it's not a good movie. But yeah. like Chris Pine is one of the leads, and I love Chris Pine. You were talking about how like Tom Willing was one of your crushes mm-hmm. when you were a child. Chris Pine was certainly. I mean, Princess Diaries two was the first time, but yeah. certainly in this movie, you know, he's great. Yeah. Um. So description of the movie. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry fine. to cut you off. It's fine. Yes. Um, so one girl has had luck her whole life. One boy's life has been shit. What will happen when the roles are reversed? I think the concept for this movie is actually really smart. I yeah. just don't think it was executed properly at all Yeah, because certainly the concept of, like, people switching places or mm-hmm. switching, you know, like, luck, like, that's, like, not a new concept. And it certainly could work, but, mm-hmm. yeah, the execution is flawed. Yeah. I think... I think what you're saying is true. I think there's a lot of nostalgia where I'm having a hard time looking at it through an objective lens yeah. where I can I can recognize the fact that I don't think it's that great of a movie. Yes. It's it's a rom-com. It's cheesy. Yeah. It's but it's so like there's some moments that are so funny to me. There's some lines. Um we talked about a couple lines before we started filming this that are just like so funny. Yeah. And work so well. There's certain, like, comedic moments and, like, character moments that I like. And the two leads do have chemistry. Mm-hmm. They do, like, Chris Pine and Lindsay Lohan do have good chemistry together. And, like, one thing I've noticed about Lindsay Lohan is it, it tends to be most of her movies, she has pretty good chemistry with a lot of she's, people on screen. She's a great actress. I think, yeah. you know, someone who can be versatile and can mm-hmm. and can have good chemistry with a good amount of people is kind of a sign of a good actress. Um, one thing I wanted to say is... There's a scene in the park where the police officer is chasing Chris Pine. He calls for a 288. And I was like, I want to Google what that is. Yes. So a 288 is for committing lewd acts of a child under 14 years old. And it was because his pants fell down accidentally yeah. in front of a jogger who's probably in her, like, 20s or 30s. Yeah. So I'm like, huh. clearly, it probably should have been, like, indecent exposure. Yeah, right. Probably the wrong code. Mm-hmm. But it's Marlene Kane. We know how she does with uh, police mm-hmm. research. Um, I know she does with ch- children and adults relationships. I also said, like, when you're so rich, you can pick up dog shit with a $5 bill. Yes. Can't relate. Um, I wrote, like, I honestly wrote, like, no notes for this movie. Yeah, I mean, most of the stuff I wrote is just, you know, that there's a lot of lines, I think, that are, are good lines in here. There are a lot of lines that, like, I remember, and there's, like, specific scenes that, like, are ingrained. Yeah. Just, like, in my memory. Um, I said that I get why the movie was rated low, but I just, like, I feel like I have to defend it because it was one of those movies I grew up with. Yeah, like, it's it's very interesting. You get one person with a lot of luck and another person mm-hmm. without, and they kiss at this, like, masquerade party, and they switch luck. And it's, then you get this, this alternate, like, point where Lindsay Lohan's character's life goes to shit, and then, you know... Uh, Chris Jake, Pine, Chris Pine around, Jake, yeah. he turns around and, you know, gets this, like, you know, gets to live this different life, and it's just, like, this back and forth, and, yeah, so there's just, there's certain parts I like, and, but certainly I can, I can recognize that it's not a great movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, so my favorite character is Jake. I agree, Jake. I think because he, even when he, his life turns around and, you know, he's getting, like, luck all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he's still, still is sympathetic. Still very generous and, yeah, yeah, and empathetic and, yeah. So I, I like still him. Still likable. 
Um, I think my favorite line, <laughs> I gotta go with your moon is in Uranus. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene where she's checking her, 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 her horoscope. Okay. She's checking the horoscope and the description is, your moon is in Uranus. Yeah. Classic. That was the line I thought about. The one I picked is, there's a part where it's after she's experiencing all this bad luck and she goes to this breakfast diner and she just starts eating someone's bacon and she goes, oh my god, I'm like a coyote. <laughs> So that's actually my favorite Lindsay Lohan moment. Okay. Just that whole diner scene. Because yeah. she, she throws the salt in the guy's eyes. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah. I'm not going to eat your scraps. Yeah. Like, just that whole scene yeah. is iconic. My favorite scene I picked was the uh, the mud art exhibit. Because mm-hmm. it starts off where she um, accidentally drops her contact into cat litter. And so her eyes, in- she has to wear an eye patch to this art exhibit. And she falls into this mud like goes to see this art exhibit says things in front of the artist and then falls into the exhibit and just i am a mud, mud woman man. i'm we, a mud man we are mud people that I was just, um that was my favorite scene as well yeah oh uh, yeah that's just like what i remembered yeah um for the low hand moment though i actually put the montage when she's at the bowling alley just do you know what it's like to fall in love? Hey, now you're really living. Yeah. Just because, like, it, it shows her struggling, and then she, like, kind of gets the hang of everything. And that also leads to a line I considered where she's, like, he's, like, asking her how it's going, and she's like, I can't complain. She's like, no, literally, I can't complain. I signed a contract. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's just my that's luck. That's just my luck. Um, so, next we have Georgia Rule. Okay. Which was 2007. 2007. Um, this was another movie with where the, the cast and the director being Gary Marshall. I was surprised I'd never heard of it. Yeah, I had... And it's it's funny because we, um, we were mentioning doing Lindsay Lohan movies mm-hmm. to, um, in front of our family and um, our brother's fiance, she was like, oh, are you doing Georgia Rule? And we were like, oh, we are doing it, but like she had clearly had seen it and heard right. of it and it's just like a movie I had never even heard of before. Yeah, I don't remember seeing previews. I no. don't remember anything. Because, I mean, it has um, Felicity Hoffman, it has Lindsay Lohan, it has Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. And Gary Marshall's like, he was a big director. He did Princess Diaries, right. which is one of our favorite and movies. And he did... Um, when we were children. Uh, New Year's Eve. No, what's Pretty Woman. One? Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a lot of movies um, that we've seen. Yeah. So, Georgia Rule is rated R. Mm-hmm. And it has a runtime of an hour and 52 minutes. It had a Rotten Tomatoes... A uh, score of eighteen percent in a meta eighteen yeah eighteen, and Metacritic of uh, twenty five out of a hundred. I'm really surprised by these Rotten Tomatoes scores being as low as they are. Yeah, I mean, so I have thoughts on this movie, but I'm first I thing too. <clears throat> so, do you want me to give my summary? Oh first? yeah, go ahead. Okay, <clears throat> okay. Three generations of women, all with their different grievances, find themselves together in small town Idaho. Georgia has been asked to watch her troublesome granddaughter, Rachel, while her daughter, Lily, must come to terms with her estranged relationship with her mother. Drama, cursing, and uncomfortableness will follow them. Yeah, I mean, so what I was saying is, you know, we um, we did Pixar before this, and we talked a lot about Andy's mom. Yes. So Lori Metcalf, who plays his mom, was actually in this movie. Okay. She played the um, boys that the grandma was watching, the mom. Okay, I see. So okay. that's her. Okay. I just noticed her. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie I'm really conflicted about because 
I didn't really know what it was going to be. I thought it right. was a rom-com. And it, I guess in sense it kind in, of is. In some aspects it is a rom-com. But you get dropped pretty early on that she was basically like sexually assaulted, assaulted molested. molested. As a child by her stepfather. Right. Rachel, the um, the granddaughter. The main, Lindsay Lohan. Yes, Lindsay Lohan's um, character. And I don't know how I feel about how they went about it. Yeah. I think at times it almost felt like they were like, oh, you know, we should do this plot. Let's do research. They did like a week's worth and then they Mm -hmm. just like wrote a movie. Yeah. So I, there are certain aspects of it I I do really like, Mm -hmm. but I am really disappointed with the way it ended. Yeah. I feel like there was so much left unanswered and so much development that was lacking that I I wasn't satisfied with the way they decided to resolve it. Now, let me just ask you a question, Hannah. So, uh, Georgia, who's the grandma, mm-hmm. there's a scene where Lindsay Lohan has started to, to join, like, has come to her house. And do you imagine any reality where grandma, our grandma, would would say go fuck yourself to either of us no but the thing that you know this whole movie obviously you can tell that it's a complicated relationship oh clearly between the grandma and the mom between the mom and the daughter between daughter and grandma like everywhere around it's a complicated relationship and part of me is like i understand that people come out about this stuff and the first thing people want to say is like that's not true Mm -hmm. which you know that happens yeah so i understand that part but it, it to me it felt like they were making a sitcom out of sexual assault yeah. at times yeah i i had some issues with the way that so basically rachel comes out and tells um simon who was her mom's like ex-boyfriend and her it and ends her up boss, being her boss her yeah. boss um she basically just comes out and talks about her being sexually assaulted and then she immediately is like oh i lied about it but then she clearly this is not something that she's lied about like this is something that happened but they there's just this continuous back and forth of like is she lying is she not like she's a troubled teen like she's been in trouble for like you know years mm-hmm. and it's like is she lying is it not does her mom believe her does she not and i just thought in the continuous back and forth and back and forth and back and forth it just like at times doesn't feel genuine it was also sort of exhausting because it was yeah. like you know, then you have the mom coming. There's a scene where she comes to the apartment where I think she's staying with Simon. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I believe you. But then she's at the same time, she's like, but I also believe him. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I get that that happens, but I don't know. It just felt like they were trying to do a serious topic. And I think at times they sort of just went into like the romantic comedy sitcom yeah. trope. So, I don't know. It felt like a movie that didn't know which direction it wanted to go. Because then you also get this plot of, like, Mormon, her, this, like, Mormon love interest Mm -hmm. that she gives a blowjob to on a boat. And then, like, somehow that becomes an important plot where, like, he cheats on his girlfriend and then it's, like, this whole thing, you know. And, like, the stalker girls is, like, one of the dumbest plot lines I've ever seen. Although... I will say, I did really like the scene. Well, where she, yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite yeah, scenes. I, I'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to and it. And also, but. you have to think about the fact that, like, men, there's, like, this trope that they can't be sexually assaulted. And yeah. it was like, he didn't necessarily want that. Yeah, so. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. And, like, 
but clearly it's like she's experienced sexual right. trauma so like it yeah so there are like there are aspects of this movie i liked but there were also other aspects that i just didn't think yeah. were done particularly well yeah i agree um i mean i think there's also like the part where so there's these like two boys that like she like takes care of and there's a part where like they're Lindsay lohan and the boy are like wrestling and she's like you're hard and like i was so uncomfortable yeah and like oh it was just i was like why is this necessary in this yeah, movie yeah i think some of those moments got a little weird uncomfortable yeah. um but i mean i think favorite character i had to go with the grandma i actually Georgia. went with rachel okay I went with rachel i just i thought Lindsay lohan did a really good job of portraying this like troubled teenager mm-hmm. who like clearly she has a good head and her so- shoulders and a good heart but she just has experienced these things in her life that have um skewed her viewpoints right so i just really liked i really liked her portrayal of the character yeah and my favorite scene is so the grandma comes into Lindsay lohan's room after she basically like tells her mom Mm -hmm. and she tells her she's proud of her Mm -hmm. it was really the first moment when anyone like was like you know i believe you like i was glad you said what you said so i like that so my favorite scene it's weird because when i was watching it i was extremely uncomfortable because my favorite scene is when there's a scene between Rachel and Simon where she basically, like, climbs into his bed and tries to, like, seduce him and he, like, says no. He's like, no, like, I'm not gonna have sex with you, like, and then they have a conversation essentially where he's like, you, you're, like, because you were assaulted, you know, and, mm-hmm. and molested by your stepfather, like, he took away your ability to, like, you know, trust and mm-hmm. love and I just... As uncomfortable as I was with the scenario, I thought it was a really good conversation between she, those two characters. And she said something. She said, I just wanted someone to say no. Yeah. Because she clearly she did it with Harlan, who's mm-hmm. this boy who's in this committed relationship. And he, you know, even he would like didn't say no. Mm-hmm. He like let her, you know, give him a blowjob in a boat, yeah. even though he was in a relationship. But Simon like very distinctively is like, no. Yeah. And, like, I just really, as much as, like, I was uncomfortable, I just thought it was a really good, well-done scene. No, it was. I'm, my favorite line was actually between, I was going to go one of those lines, but mm-hmm. I went with a scene between uh, Rachel and her mom. Mm-hmm. And the mom says, it's always so much easier to believe what you need than what you know. Yeah. And I was like, that's true, actually, mm-hmm. when you think about it, because you just, sometimes you just can't grasp the concept. Right. You can't, yeah. like, accept that reality. So you, right. you believe what you think that you need to believe at the time. Right. So my favorite scene, I actually went with it. It's a scene between um, Georgia and Lily, um, mm-hmm. her daughter. And I just really liked the delivery of it. So basically, she she buys her a bunch of alcohol and she goes into her room and she's like, oh, you cut your hair. And she's like, yeah, it was getting in the way of my drinking. Yeah. And just like the delivery of the scene, just like, it was so straightforward. Like, she, this mom is like trying to deal with the fact that she never noticed that this was happening. That yeah. like her daughter was being molested by her husband. And just, like, trying to come to terms with, like, how did she miss this? And I just, like, liked the straightforwardness of the way the line was delivered. Yeah. Um, so my favorite uh, <laughs> Lohan. Lindsay Lohan moment was when she ran down the girls yes. in her truck and yes. basically said she would fuck all their boyfriends yep. if they kept following them. Yeah, so they play pop, a classic pop punk of, I think it's, like, 
uh, Face Down, I think is the name mm-hmm. of the song, or Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, or whatever, whatever it's called. But essentially, she, yeah, she's like, if you, she's like, stop following me, or she's like, or I will, yeah, I will fuck all of your boyfriends. Yeah. And she's like, have a nice day, have a nice summer. Yeah. Nice to see you. And I just, I really liked that scene. I thought I it was great. Yeah, that was my favorite Lohan moment. Did you do a line? Uh, yeah. The, the cut your hair. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, yes. That was my favorite line. Okay. Yeah. About the All drinking. Right. So I think that's Georgia rule. All right. Um, so then we have uh, Labor Pains. Okay. Which was... 2009. 2009. And this movie was actually released on ABC Family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has a box office. It was 1.7 million worldwide. Okay. It was rated PG-13 and has a runtime of an hour and 29 minutes. Um, so I got, when it was released on ABC Family, it had 2.1 million viewers. Okay. There, it had a uh, 55 out of 100 on Metacritic and a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, summary. A pathological liar convinces herself she is pregnant after pretending she is not to get fired by her asshole boss. This movie is... There's a lot going on here. So first off, Creed from The Office was in it. Creed Bratton, who plays Creed Bratton. Did you also notice who else was in it? There was a lot of people in this movie. Chris Chris Parnell was in this movie. He was SNL cast. There's uh, Tracy Ross, Mm -hmm. um, Diana Ross's daughter. And I mentioned, um, um, what's her name? I said Um, her name earlier. Christy. Christy Hines. Christy Hines, yeah. Um... I'm pretty sure her Chicken um, Little is Chicken Little. Chicken from Little. American Idol. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. My, my look. My second line said, "Is that Chicken Little from The Office?" Is that Chicken Little? So yeah. there was this guy on American Idol, um, and his nickname was Chicken Little. I literally went, "Is that Chicken Little?" And I looked it up. It is. It is Chicken Little. Yeah, and he I didn't even look it up. Apparently, he's been in like multiple films. Really? That's so funny because, Hannah, that was my same thought. I said, is that Chicken Little? Why do we write the same thought? Oh, man. My God. Um, So there's, like, a weird cast. There's, like, a wide variety of... And I think the girl who plays her sister ended up being, like, a Disney Channel star. She was in Disney Channel stuff. I looked her up. I think, like, I would have hated to work in this office, first off. Oh, yes. Um, So Creed just dies and crushes the dog. He has a heart attack during a baseball game and crushes Chris Parnell's dog. And normally I would say don't pretend to be pregnant to keep your job, but the boss is a dick, so I was like, you go for it. So it's just, like, it's over the top. You get, like, I understand you having this, like, lie to keep, not get fired because clearly, she, like, you know, her parents died. She's trying to raise her little sister. She's trying to provide for her and she, like, can't lose this job. But then it, like, gets to the point where she honestly seems to believe that she's pregnant. Like, Whoa. she's taking prenatal vitamins. It's like she's telling such a big lie that she's, like, convinced herself she's pregnant. That like, she's almost, living like, the lie. Yeah. Manifesting the fact. Yeah. It made me, like, cringe a bunch, because yeah. I knew it was going to come out that she wasn't pregnant, and that yeah. whole scene where she had the balloon in her shirt, I so knew So, essentially, like, they bring her friend, um, Christy Hines, her friend's name is Lisa, like, and her sister, like, take the stomach, or a baby shower thrown mm-hmm. from her, and they're like, you need to stop. And yeah. so, like, they rip up her stomach, so then she just, like, walks out, tr- is trying to find something to fill her stomach with, and right. just, like, takes a balloon, and it's just, it is so over the top. I think, too, like, I don't necessarily like movies where there's no ramifications for actions yeah and i felt like the end of this movie there really wasn't that much punishment for it no i don't know this movie to me just felt like 
I don't know. It was like cringy at times. I was like, oh, and I thought yeah. I actually thought at the beginning it was pretty good. Yeah, you know, I was kind of into it in the beginning, but then it just I don't know. It just kept getting crazier and crazier, and they like were trying to set up this love interest, and I don't know. There's just too much. I think. Yeah, and it, there's the, just too much. The ending felt really rushed. Yeah. I just kind of want to go into favorites. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so my favorite scene, there was like this montage when she was giving desserts to a TV show host. Yes. And she kept, the TV show hoax kept getting out of her car and making like really sarcastic comments. And they'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, what do you have for me today? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like that. So I picked the um, birthing scene. Mm-hmm. So she takes her like boss to, um, well, not her asshole boss, but his brother who takes over while his bo- her boss is gone he takes her to this birthing class and it's like this really awkward uncomfortable situation between the two of them but i thought it actually worked pretty well yeah i like actually it was a scene that i like enjoyed so i picked that as my favorite scene uh, my favorite low hand moment is when she's at the business lunch and she goes and takes a shot i'm like <laughs> yeah that's me that was my <laughs> i actually picked the part where she, in the party just goes up and just takes a balloon and then just like walks away and the girl the, the one lady's like this is the last time i throw something at a surprise party uh, my favorite character i think Probably Lisa. Lisa. Who's the work friend. Because she's like basically like, what are you doing at this point? Because like at first she's like helping her out and her with this lie. But then she's like, you are taking this too far. The voice of, she's the voice of reason. Because it's Mm -hmm. like, she's not necessarily like good, you know, because she's enabling her at the beginning. But then she's like, yeah, you're taking this way too far. Yeah, I agree. Um, Favorite line, (laughs) there was a scene when the balloon popped where all of a sudden you just hear an Irish accent. What happened to your stomach? died laughing one i end up picking is um the nick right is who she ends up end up ends up with nick, nick yes so he's they're talking about something and it's like they've been there like during the night and he's like oh my god i'm slave driving a pregnant woman yeah and i just like like the delivery of that line yeah so um now we move oh, into no lindsey lohan's latest movie which was in 2019 among the shadows among the shadows so this movie as we said earlier was filmed in 2015 but it did not come out until 2019 and only came out like a direct to it was on demand on demand it was her first Lindsay lohan's first film appearance since 2013 which we mentioned and it was unrated it was unrated an hour runtime of an hour and 36 minutes it had a um 2.1 out of 10 in imdb I don't like the fact that it got a 29% Rotten Tomatoes, because that's higher than Just My Luck and Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. How did this movie get a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than those two movies? I don't know. Let me give you a summary yeah. of this movie. Let's do that. <clears throat> if you thought Twilight was bad, think again. This movie makes all five Twilight movies look like Gone with the Wind. Wolves, with the name Wolf. Vampires political drama that makes no sense and over-the-top fight scenes somehow the most coherent parts of this movie are two unnecessary sex scenes prepare to ask the most important question why did i spend 13 dollars to watch this on youtube we both watched this youtuber um who does movie commentaries his name's dylan 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 is in trouble dylan's not in trouble no yeah dylan is in trouble dylan Dylan, (laughs) sorry yes dylan is in trouble is his name and um i remember watching one of his commentaries and he said something he said every scene should have a purpose in a movie and this is one of those movies where 90 percent of the scenes i was like what's the purpose i honestly i put subtitles on this movie Mm mm-hmm 
I don't even know what the plot of this movie is. There is so little explanation about who characters are and what the the conflict is and mm-hmm. what's going on that I I honestly I couldn't even tell you what the plot of this movie was. I know that it takes place in the future that there's vampires and wolves casually living in Paris. Mm-hmm. And there's like one woman who's a wolf who's also a private investigator who's investigating her uncle's death by silver bullet because apparently that's the only way to kill werewolf that's like uh, common lore it's okay. like silver bullets kill werewolves that's I like mean, a common lore thing so i just was really confused i mean it looked like half this movie was shot on a gopro there is a blue sepia tone over a majority of, like a blue filter the sound mixing was awful mm-hmm. they certainly had a body double for Lindsay lohan and most like, of her scenes were filmed like over video. It looked like, like she filmed all her scenes on a green screen and yeah. they just cut her there in. There were there were maybe two scenes that she was there in person, but like clearly a majority of the scenes like she was filmed from a location. Like she was not on set. But even the scene where she's talking with Wolf at the beginning, her hair outline looked yeah. like it was cro- it was weird. Yeah. It looked like she was cut in. I remember reading something that I think the actor, uh, the guy who played the, like, Irish detective. Yes. I remember reading something where he said, after the movie came out, he said, you know, the editing was a bit weird. (laughs) The editing is, there are so many quick cuts that make no sense. Mm -hmm. There's so much violence that I don't have any context for. There's, like I said, the two sex scenes make more sense than the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. I felt like the inner dialogue was me trying to write a story. Yeah. Like, it was weird. It was, like... And, um, I felt like... They also had, like, Calypso music at one point. Yeah. Like, the, the, the direction just didn't make sense. So here's something I wrote down. Um, so there's a... Christy is the... Christy Wolf is her name. So she's like, Christy, can you hear me? And I'm like, <laughs> I just wrote a Christopher, are you breathing? Christopher, are you breathing? Um... um There's also this part where she goes to the gym, she beats up some dudes, and Mm -hmm. she's like, hey, you're a police officer, can you help me find out who's the inner man? And then, like, he blows up in a car. Everyone died. I mean- Everyone gets blown up or shot. The only thing I did like was that, like, in the end, it ended up being Lindsay Lohan behind everything. I knew it was gonna be her. Which, it was predictable. It was predictable because if you're having Lindsay Lohan in your movie, like, clearly she has to have an important, yeah. like, she's gonna be evil. So, I wanna talk about, there's this one scene. So, there's a part where, um, Christy, who's, I guess is the main character, Christy Wolf, she's with the Irish detective. They go to this, like, warehouse. So... She essentially throws this knife at this guy. The knife is, like, spinning. And then, like, he shoots this guy a couple times. <laughs> then there's, like, a pipe bomb. And there's this over-the-top dramatic part where they just, like, jump out of this building. And then it just, like, casually cuts to something else. And that part, I was blown away. I was... I was laughing about how absolutely ridiculous the scene was the fight scene and just everything about it was so insanely like bad i said is this fan fiction it certainly seemed like it because somehow this movie was worse than twilight i told yeah that's what i wrote in my description Um, it was 
awful. I wrote about the bomb scene. I said, what was that? It doesn't make sense. It Everyone just died at the end. Um, the killing scenes were insane. I wrote, this is why I don't run at nighttime. <laughs> yeah. Like, people just kept dying at night and they like just, like, the weren't reporting women it. women joggers. Okay, so let me talk about the second sex scene that happens. So you get this woman and this old dude, right? And there's, like, a very, like, unrated sex scene that occurs. Just, like, lots of fucking. Then all of a sudden she gets shot in the head. And then this guy's like, what? And then he dies. And then it cuts to something else. And you don't get any explanation about who this woman is or who this guy is. I mean, they gloss over. Like, there were supposed to be a lot of political aspects, but I was so confused with the politics of it. I didn't know what was going on. It, it was really confusing. Um, Let's just go to favorites, which I didn't really have a lot of favorites. I just had to pick something. So the favorite line I said, the guy says, I like a midnight snack before I go to bed. <laughs> The bar, t- the barkeep guy. Yeah, that was like saying. Um, his nickname for her was Wolfy Wolf. Yeah. Which I was like, what is this? So my favorite scene, my favorite line was also from him. I guess he was talking about his wife, how he hated the main character, and he said, "She, she'd cut out your ovaries with a rusty butcher's knife." And I heard that line, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was so like blown away by that line that I had to write it down, and I was like, "Well, I guess this is my favorite line." That's fair. Um, favorite Lohan moment? I said, I guess her being the mastermind was cool. There's a part where she's in a like a car, and mm-hmm. her lipstick looks great. Yeah. And I said, yeah, her lipstick. That was my. I was like, yeah, she's killing that lipstick. Uh, favorite character? I went with Potion Dude. <laughs> Potion. I didn't know his name. I went with Irish Detective. <laughs> okay. Um, Potion Dude. Yeah, he was very attractive. And like, I didn't mind his scenes. Yeah. So that's. The Irish detective, to be honest, I hated at the beginning. I hated at the beginning, too, but then he became entertaining. Yeah. And then he got turned into a werewolf. A werewolf or a vampire or something. something. And so I fun. was entertained. Um, my favorite scene is where Wolf, the the main uh, private investigator, beats up a guy in the boxing ring. Like, she just, yeah. like, beats the shit out of yeah. him. And it was such, like, a throwaway scene, too. Like, it was a minute long. She just beats up this guy, and then the scene ends. And I was like... I guess we didn't need this, but sure, I love it. Yeah, I mean, to be truthful, I just wrote a question mark and said they were all shitty. I did like the scene, though, where she beat the guy up. This or movie... the scene where she ripped the uh, pedo's throat out because he tried <laughs> yeah. to come at her in the yeah, alley. <laughs> that's true. This movie was a mess. Yep. Um, would not recommend paying $13 to buy this movie because it is... I almost turned it off. I, I... You'd truthfully be better off just watching all four... Five Twilights. You should have watched her. We should have watched her before it loaded. For sure. Who the hell is driving past at 1 and 30 in the morning? With a truck. Okay. Okay, so now we are ranking. We've reached our rankings. It's finally time. Okay. So, number 11, to no one's surprise, is Among the Shadows. Among the Shadows, which we just talked about, so I don't think we need to say anything else about it. Yeah. Um, number 10, I put Labor Pains. Labor Pains. Yeah. It was just, confusing. Just not a lot there. Nine, I did um, get a clue. So I did just my luck for number nine. Oh, okay. So there, like I said, there are aspects of just my luck that I love, but like I know it's not a good movie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So number eight, I did Georgia Rule. So eight, I did get a clue. Okay. I think Georgia Rule is just really conflicted. 
So maybe it would change. I don't know. I just, the movie was really conflicting to me. So get a clue. I think it's a fine movie, but it's like, it's clearly a Disney Channel movie, you know, like it has, and it's not a great Disney Channel movie. It's just like a fine Disney Channel movie. So I, yeah. I couldn't rank it very high. That's fair. Uh, seven? Are we in seven? Seven, I did uh, Prairie Home Companion. Okay. So seven, I did Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Yeah. I think with Prairie Home Companion, I it, it could change. I'd have to watch it again. So Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, I liked, but in watching it, like, it's not a movie that I feel compelled to watch, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I liked it, but, like, I'm not, like, oh, I love this movie. Yeah. You know, there are some issues. Uh, six, I did Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Six, I did Georgia Rule. I, there are certain aspects I really liked, but there was also just things that I wasn't really into. Yeah. Uh, five, I went with Life Size. I went with Life Size for number five as well. Okay. I think it certainly feels like it's a Disney Channel movie, but it has so much nostalgia. It does. Um, number four, I actually went with Just My Luck. I understand okay. that it's not that great of a movie, but I just, like, I'm blinded by nostalgia with yeah. that one. So, number four, I went with Prairie Home Companion. I think this movie's the most subject to change, but I was certainly really intrigued with mm-hmm. the way the story was told. Yeah. So, I think top three, we obviously have the same top three. Yes. This was the hardest. I had pick. a hard time picking between these three movies. Yeah. Uh, three, I actually went with Mean Girls. Okay. Three, I went with Freaky Friday. Okay. I went with Freaky Friday for number two. I went with Mean Girls for number two. Okay. I mean... I think Freaky Friday and Mean Girls is very interchangeable for me. I was on the same page, yeah. I just think sometimes, maybe because I just watched both of them, I just, I love Jamie Lee Curtis in Freaky Friday. She is so great in yeah. her role. And she kind of, for me, bumps it up, which is kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, I know it's a Lindsay Lohan ranking. Right. But you but also have to look at the movie. It's the movie as a whole. Yeah. She's so, and Mean Girls is just such a well-written yeah. story and all of the characters shine in the movie. Yeah. But number one was always going to be Parent Trap. Yeah. It's interesting that her first movie is the one we both enjoy the most. I just, like, there's something about Parent Trap that holds, we talked about it, that holds up. It Mm -hmm. stands the test of time. It is a movie I can watch once a year or more. And I, like, love it. And there's so much to see and so much to enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think there's a reason that Parent Trap, like, every time it comes on TV, I'll sit there and watch it. I think it's really quotable. I think that the story itself is just, like, even though the arrangement is just, like, batshit crazy, <laughs> I also think there's just something so, like, genuine and, and heartfelt about that relationship. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think, too, like, it's about sisters. And yeah. obviously we have, right. you know, spoiler, we're sisters. And also people have certainly thought we were twins. Right. So, so I think that kind of aspect, um, I don't know, it's just one of those movies that I could just watch over and over again. And so, um, before we end the episode, we were actually asked by a fan of ours, um, shout out to that fan, you know who you are, if we could go over our ranking list after we had finished talking about them so we could just do it in a quick order so you could hear the ranking orders. Yeah. Would you like to go first, Hannah? You go first. Okay. So my ranking list, uh, number 11, I had Among the Shadows, 10, Labor Pains, 9, Just My Luck, 8, Get a Clue. Seven, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Six, Georgia Rule. Five, Life Size. Four, A Prairie Home Companion. Three, Freaky Friday. Two, Mean Girls. And my number one spot, Parent Trap. Okay, so I had 11, I'm on the Shadows. Ten, Labor Pains. Nine, Get a Clue. Eight, Georgia Rule. 
Seven, A Prairie Home Companion. Six, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Five, Life Size. Four, Just My Luck. Three, Mean Girls. Two, Freaky Friday. And one, Parent Trap. Yeah, so that is Lindsay Lohan. This has turned out to be a very long episode, but we also had several cuts. Distractions. And distractions. We'll leave it at that. All right. All right. See you next time. Bye. We would like to thank Joseph McDade for our intro music. He provides free music available for all kinds of creative use. The song that we used is called Sunrise Expedition, and you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's R, the number three, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram by searching Research Rank Repeat.